welcome to the, the digital <laughs> dudes podcast <laughs> yeah that's usually your move yeah. at the end of the day uh well this is david this is reed yeah all right we're back from naa we um uh, except my throat clearing doesn't sound like i'm trying to get a loogie up no for, for those that still remember yours is that. like as if your throat's not catching right like it's a- and that's exactly what's happening <laughs> you know yeah, although you've been made way better. I don't it know. has been a little bit better. Yeah. I don't know. I couldn't tell you why. Yeah. I'm drinking the same amount of water. Yeah. No new medication. No. Yeah. No. Well, um, we uh, took the podcast to NAA, and we thought that we'd have time to do more like we did at AIM, where we where we would get people to factor through. But uh, we ended up getting pulled in so many directions with meetings. I think, I mean, that first day that we got there, we ended up having like six or seven like long meetings. Yeah, we didn't get to anybody but Trevor Park from Rent Dynamics. Yeah, kind of funny if you think about it, because marketing is our peeps, right? And so at AIM, you'd think that would be the conference <laughs> that we couldn't get up for air. It's only the people that we fooled. <laughs> the The marketers know better. They're like, all right, you guys are not worth talking to. But all these other people at NA, they don't know better. They yeah. think we know what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, we fooled them. So yeah, we ended up with a really busy schedule. Glad to be able to get Trevor and was hoping to get Liz from... Uh, Joy Hub, which is now Revolution RE. RE, yeah. Spoiler alert, we're going to be having her on here in the next week or two, I hope. Um, but uh, it's still a great cast with Trevor. He's always awesome to talk to. Yeah, totally. Well, um, we talked to his transition over to Rent Dynamics, which I think has only been like three months. We talk about his, um, I guess, like his team has done like 30 some odd events this year already. I don't even know if you mentioned that in the podcast, but I was blown away by that with three people and what he's able to do on a lean budget just really shows like, frankly, inspires me that we, I can't wait for us to get a marketer. Uh, but outside of that, I feel like the rent, rent dynamics I didn't know much about, but yet it does seem pretty sprawling um, ambitions, just like what we have. So I can, I guess I felt like I was relating to it and um, I don't know. It's another, I guess it's another player out there. And it, I think you were saying on, the NA recap, there's all of these middle, um, I guess these companies, like we all often think about like the NMHC top 50 and the companies that are positioned towards them, like uh, funnel leasing, but there's all these other folks like MRI app folio rent dynamics that are kind of focusing on that, the big middle that exists. Um, and it's good to get to know them because most of our customers are actually that big middle. <laughs> so exactly. it's funny. Most that, of the industry is that big middle. Yeah. I it's think, not the 80, 20 rule. Uh, with the NMHC being in you know, the top 50 dominator rule, the top 20. Yeah. I mean, they work with the bigger enterprise companies, but as you and I have or came to realize a long time ago, uh, the big middle is the majority of this industry. Mm-hmm. So instead of a 20-60-20, I feel like it's like 10-80-10 or something. I don't yeah, know. I think you're probably Trying right. to draw the line on what's underneath, but when it comes to multifamily, um, I think that's a more accurate percentage. Yeah. And it does make me wonder if uh, we were talking a little bit about this with Heather from uh, Lincoln uh, over drinks or whatever, but how much consolidation will happen? Because we had seen the number before that there were 10,000 management companies and uh, across, let's say 200,000 properties. That means the average management company doesn't have a lot of properties. So therefore there must be a lot of like single, like owner operated ones, which would be you know, sort of like the, the real tail end of it, mm-hmm. then how many are, are that middle? And will there be massive consolidation? Because I'll, I'll even say, I wonder what car, what automotive looks like, because automotive certainly has this like long tail, but there are definitely those big players, uh, at least regionally, about who, who, the, who the automotive dealerships are. 
So I wonder if it'll go that direction. Yeah. Well, uh, I admire, um, as you said, his resourcefulness and um, the spirit, I guess, of which they're going to market. But um, I, in a way, also don't envy him uh, because it is such a competitive space. So that's what I was trying to nail down with him pretty quickly is, are you going to categorize yourself more as a CRM? And we asked that funny enough of Apple too, and that wasn't on the podcast, but when we talked to Cena. So, uh, and if you are, um, I don't want to say good luck, but you know, I mean, you have to have enough capital and you better have a really clear differentiator. Otherwise, I don't know how you overcome the, uh, you know, some of the existing players. I'd be curious how much of that is actually bought though, based on the technology or workflow versus relationship or, someone that builds the system for you. Like uh, I've met, I won't name names on this, but there are definitely those lead management providers that they seem to basically come in almost as a consultant to say, oh, here's how you should rework your workflow. And then uh, that may assimilate with their system or there may be a slight tweak and then they'll slightly tweak the system to fit you. And so I wonder to your point in a way, like how much uh, does the product have to be awesome versus uh, there's so many people out there, these 10,000 management companies that are lost and they just need a consultant to like tell them how to actually run the business. And then for that consultant to basically have a software that can enable them to actually run the business that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about it with like, you. we've talked a hundred times on this show about uh, EOS and it's like, if it wouldn't have been for 90, there's no way we could have, we would have done the system. We would have taken a couple nuggets and that's it, but right. 90 has enabled us. Right. So is it the same thing for for this property management system. Yeah, potentially. I'd love to, I I don't know that this has ever happened, but to have marketers going through, it's like the Pepsi challenge where they're blindfolded, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. obviously that wouldn't work for this, Mm -hmm. but using these different systems, it's like, oh my God, that was rent dynamics, not Mm -hmm. Yardy. You know, we'll never see it that done that way. But I, uh, yeah, I mean, if it wasn't somehow biased by, uh, existing relationships or marketing branding, like who CRM would win. That would be a great marketing campaign. So Trevor, take note, uh, <laughs> but basically take someone off the street and how soon can that, le- can that off the street become a leasing agent basically mm-hmm. ineffective? And so like, is it 30 minutes for training or is it a full day of training or two? I would eat that up, but they would have to have obviously access, right? Uh, license or instance to, to all of them. I think you and could would you put them in front of mm-hmm. 10 or would you put them in front of three, but they would, yeah, you, you'd have to make, make sure that it was uh, done properly. Maybe that's something like from a marketing angle. I mean, I, I could see like a real foundations or someone like that kind of taking this approach to show mm-hmm. we, we did the Pepsi challenge on three systems, mm-hmm. but you could also just, if you are Trevor, you could just say like, well, I'm not going to do the others cause I don't have access, but I'm going to do mine. And if you just, I bet if it was that seamless, that's like, Oh, you can get someone up and off the street in 35 minutes. That's going to turn some heads because they know it takes way longer than that to train someone up right now. Yep. I, that would be really fun and maybe a train wreck to get somebody off the street. Uh, but I could see them working with the property management company and saying, Hey, as soon as you pull the trigger on a new leasing agent, mm-hmm. we'd like to intercept them as part of the onboarding process mm-hmm. and get three, three of these platforms in front of them and see what they think. Well, it's definitely interesting. Cause I mean, it's funny cause Lessonly is our new education platform here. I say new, but it's like a year and a half old now for us. Um, and before we started, we, it was always six months to get someone up 
And now we've seen a couple of the recent hires get up in three to, to five weeks, which is just awesome. a hell of a cut down time. <laughs> and I, I'm sure Lesson Lee has some of those stats, but I don't know if I would have believed them. And so is it more of, I don't know how you make the market actually feel it. Because if they would have said, Norma, it takes you six months, now it's four weeks. I would have been skeptical, but mm -hmm. it definitely is powerful. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else on your mind before we get into the episode? No. All right. Cool. Well, thanks, Trevor, for taking the time and um, teaching us a little bit about Rent Dynamics. Hope, hope you all enjoy. Yeah. Okay. We're here at NAA. I'm David. I'm Reed. And we're here with Trevor Park of Rent Dynamics, v VP of Marketing of Rent Dynamics. Ha. There you go. That Trevor. big Veep title. Trevor, Reed was asking me what the hell Rent Dynamics does. And I was like, oh, Nicole would know better. And she's like, what do they do? I was like, oh, so I know best of anybody, but why don't you give the explanation of Rent yeah, Dynamics? Overview. I think it's a different client set than what we hit a lot. Yeah. So Rent Dynamics kind of started with the brainchild of a contact center. And so that's that's our, our, our initial baby. And that expanded based off of like the lead data and everything that we were collecting there. That expanded into CRM. And the CRM component, I would say it's 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 definitely one of those like those those silent killers. Like it's it's doing some incredible stuff. I've been Reed had to... a silent killer last night, but <laughs> <laughs> are you talking no. about the cocktail? <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, are you already God. on the flatulence uh, <laughs> jokes? It's not like you already this, on. This, That's the this, first of the day. This quick into a podcast. What are we at? We're at we're at ten o ten o two. We we had the first fart joke of the day. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I think that. Tyler has more to offer than that. Yeah. I think we'll no. wait on the fart jokes no. for later in the I day. I thought I was pumping some life into this thing. Okay. All right, so, sorry. So anyways. Silent killer on the CRM. Yeah, silent killer on the CRM. We are, we've launched a component of CRM called Executive Dashboard, which is, is basically our data visualization setup so that whatever role you're in, whatever function you have, whatever interests you have in terms of property portfolio, whatever, fully customizable, all the widgets to move around. It's... I, I've been involved in almost every single CRM's rollout with some of the major operators, hmm. and I've seen how that stuff goes, and this is something that I'm like beyond excited for because it, I just haven't seen it yet, and I'm really excited for it. Um, the other component is voice of customer, and we've had it. We had a soft launch, I want to say, about a year ago at Optech, and... I think we, we learned a lot from it. We like there was definitely some stuff we wanted to go back and, and tool around and I think we've gotten it to a point where voice of customer is a standalone product. We don't really market it as a standalone. We market it as a comp like a composition to CRM. But what it is is it's it's data AI that allows you to take voice calls, emails, text messages, chat. It analyzes it all. It takes set sentiment, it does like word clouds, it does all the data points, it talks about how that things convert. Basically, it's like multifamily's gong, mm -hmm. and we're really excited about that piece. Um, the other two components are kind of on the fintech side. Um, the first of which, and, and the one that's like really our, our big, big winner, is Rent Plus. And so there's a big ESG component to that where it, um, it allows residents to pay their rent on time and they get credit back to the three, or like they get credit noted on mm -hmm. the three bureaus. The thing that I think is is kind of a game changer compared to some of the others is there's no downside for the resident on it. They don't get dinged if they miss a, a rent payment. It just shows up as no data. And 
there's, I think it's 71 points is the average for the first year of being enrolled in, in Rent Plus. And that's that's big impact right there. That'll save you a couple hundred dollars off yeah, of your car payment. Relevant, that'll that'll sure. save you mm-hmm. a little bit more affordability on like the next loan that you have to take or any of that stuff. And so it's 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 really doing some amazing things. And in my mind, like I, I'm I'm involved with a, a a group called Community Roots Housing Foundation, and they build affordable housing. And one of the things that's really interesting is that people talk about how this like this housing group specifically has changed their lives for the better because it's affordable rent. So they've been able to put savings away and change their lives and then go to home ownership or go to another type of property. That's a little bit bigger, or a little bit more spacious. And I can just see how like this component can really help build people into that even faster. So like pairing it with affordable housing or like even student housing, like I came, I came out of school and I was, I was dumb. Like I, I got a credit card right out of college and I'm like, Ooh, free money. Mm-hmm. Like, Park our cars this. in the same garage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was, it was definitely rough getting yeah. out of that piece. That and tough. But Reed, what did you have? What was your limit on this card? Probably $300. Oh, we're so we're still paying that off here at the, <laughs> yeah. well, I guess yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 25 yeah. years later. <laughs> that was my card too. And I was like, I can't get across yeah, the country. With the uh, 37% APR. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, my first, when I worked at the car dealership and I, my, I think I'm short end of the story. I was driving on the highway and my car uh, caught on fire. And so I had to wow. pull over into an apartment complex and let it burn. And then I was selling cars. And so I went to, you know, the GM, I was like, I got to get a car. And he's like, your credit's terrible. I was like, just give me something. So he gave me a used focus for 6,500 bucks. But my APR was 22%. Oh, <laughs> I was God. like, wow, this hurts. Uh, I sold the, the bombed out car for parts, like legit, just sold the frame for $1,200. But uh, you it was filed a, rough a lawsuit. Life. You would have been able to get a lot nicer car than a Focus. Well, <laughs> well, no, it was another used car like that I had. It was, that was like a $3,500 car that I, anyways, whatever. And then that's when I had this $300 credit card. Or, and so it's like my credit card and my car interest rate were like the same. Great. <laughs> APR is rough. God. Oof. What was the what was the name of that that part rent of your plus. rent plus? Yeah. And do you have to be? Uh, does the property management company have to be using the system? Currently, yeah. So okay. we are looking at other options of making it so that's just available for renters to like opt in for whatever we want. And right now we just have it so that once the properties are into it, they can roll it out to their entire properties, and it actually can be baked into the lease, yeah. and it can be added in as a, a utility charge or anything. And then also, we've we've actually seen a lot of management companies actually absorb the cost that the resident would incur, yeah, and they they take that on. If they don't, and they apply the cost to the resident, they actually get like three four dollars back that goes to the property as revenue, mm-hmm. and so we share that with them on that piece, and it's it's been really impactful on both sides. So out of all that. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I'm very passionate about this because the first tech startup I wanted to start was actually this exact thing. I was, I struggled with credit as we just talked about and I wanted to get this done, but I did not know how to raise money. I was living in San Francisco, but I didn't know how to raise money or what to do. And I just got super scared. And so I ended up like backing out of it. But uh, anyways, go ahead, Reed. I was just going to say out of all that you just reeled off, what is getting the most traction? Like what's resonating the most with, with owners? Well, I think the ESG component is a really big topic right now. And so Rent Plus, is, it's, it's an easy sell. I mean, there's no lift on the on-site team. Like we give them like a, couple, like a couple digital brochures of like, here's what to expect when you get your Rent Plus added to your, your lease. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it's just like, it's plug and play. Like they don't touch it. Like mm-hmm. they, they do a little blurb if they're explaining it to the, the new resident coming in and that's it. Um, 
And then on the, the CRM side, that's, that's picking up traction. Like we're seeing a lot of people looking to make switches. They're, they're want to seeing like they're, they're tired of having to unmerge a field in their report, like being able to download a report that just is functional and works for how you need it. And you can plug it into your overall report or just API syncs into it. They're looking for something where it's, it's, it's lower lift. And, and so we're seeing a lot of, lot of interest in CRM right now. Well, that was my next question. So you kind of beat me to it, but is it predominantly like the growth coming from switch business or are you guys like focused on lease ups? And then, um, as far as the sweet spot, like, um, and I, I don't, I won't call out names as far as other PMSs yeah. or CRM, but you know, what does that sweet spot look like? I, the sweet spot's actually like kind of this mid market tier, and Mike, Mike, Mike has a really cool grasp on like where we need to be targeting because that's the ones that are often get neglected by these like the newest yeah. to the game. Like they're they're looking for the big top yeah. fifty NMHC, but when you look at that like two thousand to six thousand unit portfolio sort of thing of like. Those are the ones that we really want to go after because they're too big for like a like a single family style CRM system, but they're too small for some to even get considered. And so we're seeing a lot of really good traction there. And then just kind of expanding it through, like we're we're getting some of the big players too, also being like, you guys have built a really intuitive system. Like I want to be able to have my executive team looking at a report and I don't want my leasing team to have to try and download like that information. I need them focused on like what's their hit list. And so, like, having the customization there that is fully baked into their function, that's also really has been the really big desirable piece. So, do you believe that, uh, quick follow-up, that that's a 20-60-20 in this industry, the way you were talking about it? Or do you think it's, like, uh, 20-75-5, if you're following me? Because it's, like, there's all the smaller shops you're talking about that yeah. don't really make sense. So, the two to 6,000, like, what percentage would you say that, that comprises of the the pie chart and multifamily. I, if, if Mike, if you're listening to this, <laughs> comment on it and correct me, but I would say, I would say the two to 2000 is probably like the 10%, like maybe even less. Um, and then the two to the 2000 to like 6,000, 7,000, I would say that's making up a good, like 65, 70. Wow. And then above that's the rest. Interesting. It's the same sweet spot as, uh, growth capital or growth chain capital, Game change. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, this new new PMC company we talked to yesterday. Really oh, interesting awesome. model. Talked to you about it offline, but they, yeah. they had the exact same size, so maybe yeah. we put them in touch. That'd yeah. be awesome. So um, do you... I have two questions that relate to each other, so I'll say them both, and you can decide what order. But one is, what is the ultimate vision for Rent Dynamics or you know mission, mm-hmm. however you want to frame that? And then do, what part of the stack can someone buy independently, or is it an all, like, you got to rip everything out? It's like, you need this as a platform. Uh, so we offer, we offer the full platform to anybody that wants it, but we also do individual, like everything's kind of plug and play how you want it. So our contact center works with all of the major CRMs. Like we, we play very nicely with each other. Um, our CRM actually plugs in very nicely with every PMS. Um, it also plugs into all of the other contact centers. Like we're very open with like wanting to connect and like truly be one of the, the best solutions for ecosystem building so that regardless of how you want to build your tech stack, we can figure out how to help you with that. Like we had um, a company out of Toronto reach out to us and they're like, we're brand new into the market. We just got a thousand units. We don't know how to do this. Can you provide us help? And so we've been like talking them through and like doing intros of like, here's all the PMSs that we have Mm -hmm. like available. 
let's talk about the pros and cons of each of them. Let's here's the CRM. Like we've basically built out their entire ecosystem. And I think the only thing that overlapped with them and that we strongly recommended was our CRM. Mm. Like contact center, we, we based off of where they wanted to go with it, we recommended something else. And then um, Rent Plus, same thing. Like we, we threw that in there and, and got that baked in. But it was, it was really interesting that like so many people are, are willing to go outside of the cookie cutter and like you have to have this full set. Um, and so Rent Plus is a standalone, CRM is a standalone. Even the, the component voice of customer can be a standalone. Uh, contact center standalone. So, back to that vision mission. What's the long term view? Do you guys have to become a PMS system or? Oh, definitely not. I don't. I don't think we'll like. That's that's where it gets kind of messy, and there's a lot of like, there's a lot of pieces that go into a, a very solid PMS system, and so I don't. I don't know if that is on the roadmap anytime soon. I know expanding what we're doing with our CRM has been a really big focus, so making it more of a versatile component where we have like customizable email templates and like fully customizable like drag and drop style like pulling in like mm-hmm. the HubSpot Peridot mm-hmm. sort of stuff Marketos um, and then expanding it even further so like figuring out what kind of integrations we can have so like I've been talking a lot with with Jessica and Jacob at Nurture Boss like I'm obsessed with how they are integrating into CRMs and how they are building this this a beautiful AI component with Nurture um, also talking with um, like previous company like they have a really good strong chatbot solution that i think just fits really well into websites and it does some really cool stuff is that who will not be named no it's better bot yeah, yeah. i just <laughs> yeah you went like uh, on the other side so i didn't know if this is voldemort but yeah go no, ahead def- definitely not <laughs> people voldemort. know you well enough yeah. Trevor. No, just look at my linkedin you'll see all of the fifteen thousand companies that i've worked for in the last 20 years yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've jumped around a lot but i, I mike mike's mike quincy alex Blake, like they've all, all built a really good solid home for me, and I I feel feel really comfortable about building something strong with them, and it's been it's been really positive. Like I mean, stepping right into it, the first thing that they talked to me about is like, what do you want to do for pride? Like mm. that is a big focus for us, and that's a big focus for me. Like I I am very passionate about being a part of the pride community and being an ally, and being able to like represent my like my little flares is is really special to me and not feeling like I have to like stifle my light. Mm, yeah. Like last night I had pink shoes on and I was getting praised left and right and it was something that I felt really, really awesome about. And it was just like I, I feel really at home. And it's That's not awesome. saying like that about the other companies or anything mm-hmm. that I've been a part of, but like this was something that like right off the gate they they knew exactly what I stood for and mm. they knew exactly what I was looking for and they, they helped make me feel open and, and comfortable talking about that stuff. Super so. cool. Yeah. That's cool. Well, you don't have to tell, okay, you weren't going to. <laughs> what? That we're wearing pink shirts? No, the deck that I put together. <laughs> oh, you can, yeah, Reed's best use of time. So we did mention the Trevor ahead of time. We don't have a marketing person at Digital, although we're thinking next year. But we do a Monday morning roundup, an all-hands meeting, uh, where whatever, just to, for transparency for the company. We, we share all of our numbers and what each team's doing. And we came in on uh, whatever it was, like the first week of June, and Reed was like, here's the deck for all the management to fill out. And every... Uh, every header of every slide was in rainbow colors and every bullet was in rainbow colors. And I was like, wow, Reed, I didn't know that Google Docs had a had an option to switch to rainbow theme. He's like, oh no, I, I individually did that for every slide and there are 40 slides. <laughs> I was like, 
Our Thank, I'm glad our CEO is focused on this. Yeah. Like shows. In my defense is on a Saturday. I think I had had a few drinks the night before, and so I just quickly fell into this zone. I was like, "This will be this will be awesome." So yeah, yeah. And we had a couple uh, podcasts as well uh, yeah. around That's Pride. Awesome. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just. I mean, it's just like it's it's little things that that I've noticed a big shift in the industry. Like last uh, last year, Graystar came out and published something. I, I can't remember how it was phrased, but it was basically like, we are here for the community. We are here to support and we are here to do this. That's a big move. Like, yeah. That's, that's a very, like, that's, that's a, that's a, a longstanding mm-hmm. company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. for them to, to take that move and, and do that, I mean, it's, it's, it's about damn time, but it's yeah. like, it's really awesome to see that kind of support. And I like, Stephanie Anderson started this really amazing chain last year of all of the different companies that were changing their logos to rainbow and like really showing the support that way in a, in a visual way. And I think that was a really good first step this year. Same thing. The rainbow effect was happening, but the thing that was really different about it is people were putting money to it. Like they were putting support there. Human rights campaign saw record numbers coming from multifamily the Trevor Project saw record numbers coming from multifamily. Um, we started working with Logan Pride, uh, which is where, where Rent Dynamics is based in Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, we started working with them. We did a lot of support for um, Pride in Salt Lake City. And then we're going to look at doing more national impact for where all of our reps are as well. And so, like, figuring out ways that, like, I mean, we have a very vast network of sales reps now. Mm-hmm. Like, we're coast to coast. And so being able to like have that representation in all the communities that we are also a part of outside of our headquarters is kind of that next, next step for us. So it's really cool. That's that awesome. Super cool. I had no idea. I, I was just curious, backing up a bit, uh, when we were saying, tell us about Rent Dynamics, the origins. Yeah. And oh. how, how old is the company? Um, we just celebrated our tenure. Oh, that's, that's terrific. Yeah. And you don't, I mean, I'm sure we could look this up too as we talk about you know, what's available. Like, but whether it's, you know, you guys have raised whether there's a plan for a raise or whether it's bootstrapped. So to the extent you can share, I guess, a bit of that founder's you know, yeah. story with us. I mean, I mean, growth is definitely on the horizon for us, and I think that's a really big, important piece. Um, without saying too much, because I don't know like what, what aspects are, are notable, but there is definitely plans for growth. And I think there's, there's some really cool stuff happening. And like Qu- Quincy just has a really cool vision. Like he, he founded the company. He started with this idea. He's like, I mean, he do, he's like, I don't like accounting. I want to I wanna change it up. Here's a need that I see that needs to be fed. And he pitched it. They're like, let's, let's do it. And so he started it up. And then he brought on a really good handful of people. They've been with the company for 10 years. Like, we just celebrated their 10-year anniversary with being at Rent Dynamics. Like, that's, that's huge. And mm-hmm. then I, w- like, I got a chance to talk with Blake, who is Blake Buchanan, who's our... our uh, one of our promotions recently, and he's our chief chief of staff. He's been to the company nine years. He has like had this amazing growth route, like being from an account manager. He worked mm-hmm. at the contact center. Like he's had these really awesome touch points throughout the company. So he has just this amazing mm-hmm. vision of how everything connects together. He's been working on the tap program just to kind of like help fold that through. The tap programs are home of buying home buying assistant assistance program, and that one's going to be kind of like. Basically, like when you're ready to move out because you want to buy a home, we can provide that resource to you and you'll get a discount off your closing costs. And then part of that closing cost will actually go back to the property. So some really cool things there too. Um, but Blake has just been really 
a part of the company for nine years. And it's just like having people that have that like history with the company is just really awesome to be able to like, what'd you guys do that didn't work well? And like, why didn't it work? And have that like institutional knowledge. That's like, this is what we did. Let's, let's see how we can pivot. So you can learn from that history. Is Blake a white guy? Yeah. So Reed, you can look towards Blake as an inspiration. (laughs) One day you can move up from coloring slides and we'll give you a debit card that you can actually use at the company. But maybe a, $400 $400 limit. So, are you going to have an open mic later? <laughs> You're just House crushing of, it. House of Blues yeah. needs a yeah. set. I'm yeah. sure we can get you yeah. set up with yeah. DJ Ice yeah. Mike. Yeah. Forget yeah. you're running, yeah. you know. Um, how many employees are there? I right think now? we're just shy of 150. Okay. Wow. Yeah. A lot of that, I think, comes from the contact center team that we got built out. That's what I was going to say. Like, what's the organizational design of the yeah. company? I mean, we have, we have 18 people here this year. And I think it's the biggest numbers yet. We have like nine salespeople. We have four executives, no, five executives. And then we have two marketers. Um, account team is four strong, five strong. Mm. So really cool numbers. Yeah. Well, it, it always has seemed like to me in this space, it's an arms race and that you better be heavily capitalized in order to compete. But I think uh, it sounds like you guys have carved out some really great, you know, I guess, differentiators, unique products, which mm-hmm. is just not easy to do in this space that um, you guys are getting traction with. So I think it's exciting. It's awesome. Sure. Yeah. What, Kudos. It sounds like the CRM is like a major component. Like I, th- I could see you guys getting someone from the contact center and then from the contact center into a CRM or like lead mm-hmm. nurturing, as you're saying. Uh, but I could. Uh, it just also seems like CRM is a major focus for you guys. And as you said, you're winning there. So what is it that you're winning? Because there's a, all of these, I think everybody... No one's been happy with any CRM. No one's felt yeah. it's perfect in the space. So, like, you have Knock, whatever, that was taking off a number of years ago. But then, more recently, I hear a bunch about Funnel and how, how excited people are about them. So, what is That's it about the, the CRM race. that you're winning? Yeah. Uh, onboarding, first and foremost. I think the way that we support our customers from end to end is, is really well done and it's really top-notch. And I think we're continuing to expand that too. And it's not something that we're ever losing focus on. We know that needs to be first and foremost priority as we're building out dev at the same time and figuring out those components. We have an amazing open door policy basically for feedback. And so being able to get that feedback direct from customer and then put that into our roadmap immediately to help move that along is also a really big piece. Um, knowing who we want to work with and going after those people versus working on the people that might not be interested. That's also a big way for us to win because we, we do the research. One of the things that I've been really wanting us to shift away from is the blanket emails and doing like the mass mailers and that kind of stuff. And it's, it's tough. Like when you go to a conference and you get a list of 7,000 attendees and Mm -hmm. you don't get a single one and you have to like V look up into an ALN database, like, Mm -hmm that's a nightmare, but there's no way to really truly filter out who actually is interested in what. And so like being able to do the research before we actually do the outreach is also how we're winning kind of those hearts and minds and being able to say like, Hey, we know this about you. We know what you're doing here. We know how you're doing it. We know what you stand for. We know what you're looking for. Like, let's talk a little bit. Like, let's pick your brain. And Mike has always been like the give, 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 ask. And he does that really, really well where he is constantly wanting to be a resource it's something that i also want to do like when Mm -hmm. we're we're marketing the company is like how can we help you Mm -hmm. like i don't care if you want to buy our products today but i just want you to know that like we'll always be top of mind as somebody that you can go to if you have a question Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. doesn't even have to relate to our product set like we'll try and figure out an answer for you 
and just keep us top of mind. And like when you're when you're ready to make a shift, we'll be here and we'll continue to tell you about our product, but we're also continue just to be here to support you and, and grow you up. Wow. Yeah, I mean it's definitely like the long game. Yeah. Like being uh the the sharing, the 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 friendly growth or yeah. whatever, like and being really choosy with your customer, but you know, I respect yeah. it. Built a strong company. Well sure. it's also interesting too, because like it is definitely a long game play. But right before we came in here, Mike Mike gave us the announcement that we had two inbound leads close within a month. Hmm. And those inbound leads were targeted. Like we focused on like, hey, check this out. Like we hit them with some LinkedIn ads, we mm-hmm. hit them with a couple other things. Within a month it turned around and they 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 bought CRM. That's a fast turn. Yeah. For CRM. That's right. Fast. Like really cool stuff turning around. And like if you do ABM well, you can either like it. It could be the long play. It could mm-hmm. be like, hey, we're going to keep you top of mind, but we're just not ready to move, but we'll, like, we'll keep moving forward. Or it's like, bam. I don't yeah. think there's any of that middle zone where it's like, ah, oh, it's going to be a couple months. It's, it's, it's like usually like a six-month, nine-month yeah. process. Either they're highly results. motivated or yep, they're exactly. looking longer yeah. term. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people talk tech stack, obviously, in this industry, and you've always been great at developing relationships, partnerships. And I don't know that this verbiage is what we're ever going to hear, but partner stacks. But so maybe it's more partner set. But I'm just wondering, um, as Rent Dynamics um, forges forward, how intentional, deliberate you guys are going to be about bringing partners to the table? Because you said we're not really trying to be a PMS. And obviously, there's a lot of other components there that an operator or owner is trying to, to sort through. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know how much you're leaning into that, where it's like, part of Red Dynamics is actually the companies that we bring to the table with us versus more of a soft referral or it's like, hey, if you're interested for in this, we can, you know, set you up with that conversation. The party last night, you know, I just think about some of those names on there. So it, it feels like more and more we're seeing that and we want to be a part of that where companies are, are banding together a little bit more deliberately. And it's like when you work with any one of us, there's almost this coalition mm-hmm. um, and it's not forced on anybody, but I just didn't know if you want to speak a little bit to how you guys think about partnerships, how again, kind of active you are in bringing that to the table when you work with clients. I'm obsessed with partnerships. I know you are. It That's is, why I asked you the question. I am. I am <laughs> if, if I didn't like marketing so much, because I, I know like customer experience is where it's at. And I think there's so much that it ties into and the partnership piece is such a big component I've been talking a lot with Mike of like, I want to build out an ecosystem. Like I want to, like, even if it doesn't touch just at first, like I want to figure out like where everything is connected and how we can see where that, that giant web is. And so being able to like, see that big picture of like, here's everything, here's every vertical, here's every connection point, here's every integration API, what have you, where does rent dynamics fit in that map? and start identifying that piece. And that's the part where I think it's really interesting because it's right now, a lot of the partnerships that we're building are, are based off of like, hey, we want to work with you. It's like, cool, let's do the research. Let's figure out how that fits and let's go. Or there will be one where it's a, it's a client that's like, hey, we use this exclusively. If you come in, you have to have a connection point right. there. And it, it builds that out of necessity and need. Um, I think that the next logical step for us is to be forward thinking and to think of like where, where does rent dynamics fit in that ecosystem web mm-hmm. and how do we connect everything to us? Mm-hmm. And so like with the leasing enablement guide, which has been delayed a little bit, but we're, we're going to be launching that soon. V1 coming out, I believe right after NAA as a, as a fun follow-up piece. Um, the next portion of that is going to be leasing enablement.com. 
It's going to be a massive website that's going to have basically every vendor solution on the list. Hmm. The goal is to have them fill out who they integrate with and be very open and transparent of like, we do this and we actually connect direct. Or we do this, but you have to use like a Highly and go through this. Or a Zapier or whatever the connection point is that makes that Lego piece fit. Like that's where like I want us to be very transparent with that. Almost like G two. Like if you think I was about, about like G two. Like we need we need something where we have yeah. user data coming in because right now G two does not have a real estate component that breaks it out multifamily. Yeah. Like if you look at CRM, you're comparing CRM leaders with HubSpot, Marketo, Salesforce, like those those big names. But they don't have Yardy integration. They don't have Entrada integrations. They have to go through like three right. different redirects in order to make that fit. Totally. So that's why they don't work in multifamily. Yep. Well, I love it. I love that kind of stuff. It goes to speaking what you were saying about Mike before, like being open and wanting to share knowledge. Like that's a big initiative to try to build mm-hmm. a, I'll say a G2 for multifamily. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to talk more about that for sure. Yeah. We want you in. Yeah. yeah. And the, the, the other cool piece is, so we originally, for V1 of the leasing guide, I reached out to a lot of partners to see if they wanted to contribute. And we've been getting a lot of really good traction. But we decided the first one needs to be like just industry leaders, like people that are like very vocal about like where leasing needs to be going and more so on the operator side. And then this next V2, it's going to be additional operator insight. Plus, I think we have like 13 some odd people that are wanting to contribute and we're building that list out even further to make it like V2, like 4X. <laughs> um, we have like the goal and I'm, I'm, I'm going to call you out again, Knock. I want you in it. Um, Dorota, Sydney, Dimitri, let's get you to contribute. I would love that. Um, Alex Howe and Tyler are going to contribute. They're really interested in talking about it. I want to keep bugging them on that. I think getting like that kind of like discussion in there of like, here's how you do leasing well. We don't give a fuck about what kind of tools you're using. This is just foundational stuff of like mm-hmm. what you need to do. Wow. Yeah. Was that your first F-bomb? Because we gave you five, right? Yeah. So I don't know what it is, but the theme, <laughs> the theme, my daily limit. You can go off on a rant. We have about 40 yeah. seconds left. So just yeah. F away. My, my <laughs> daily limit, I think, is five. So, so we hosted an event oh, at uh, Venue 808 uh, last night. And we had this really awesome artist. Her name's Sandra. Um, works with Mike Tiano, DJ Ice Mike. And she has some fucks in her music. And <laughs> so we asked her, it's like, hey, can you limit your fucks to five? Yeah. We're, we're at three now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm counting. I'm counting. <laughs> he this won't is, be able to DJ tonight. <laughs> no, no DJing tonight. Um, but she's like, I don't do radio edits. But she's like, I'll see what I can do. And so, like, we... She kept it to four, I think, or wow. four or five. All right. And so I'm like, okay, so I, I clearly five is the limit. And so I'm going to hold off on my other two. Wow. And I'm going to pocket those for yeah. later because yeah. i got to go say words to some people. And yeah. We'll, yeah. Bank, we'll talk about bank that. Bank those, Trevor. Yeah. 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 That's funny. And you said you had a kid on the way. so um, Oh, God. I can't that, wait until that... she's dropping F-bombs. Like uh, she... Well, I was going to tell you, that goes from five to zero pretty quickly. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, my girls heard our podcast uh, randomly. I got in the car and um, you know it was on on my phone. And I, I said, shit, I, it wasn't even an <laughs> F-bomb. And they were like, whoa. You know, it was like earth shattering. I was like, from time to time. And they were like, but you can't do that on the radio. Yeah. And I was like, well, it's not actually radio, but, you know. But I think it's... it's, it's fair point. There's, there's a way... So, like, my dad raised me to think twice, act once. And with that, it also came that if you have to swear, you're not smart enough to think of another word. Yeah. 
in high school, I got suspended for dropping an F-bomb. Oh. But I, I have always thought swear words, like the way that I've heard swear words, it's always through positivity. Like, not like somebody's like stubbing their hand mm. and they're like, oh shit, this hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, like people get really excited and they're like, let's and go. Like, let's yeah. do this. Yeah. And I love the excitement that that word brings. Uh-huh. I find it very powerful and it's, it's used in such a positive way when it's appropriate. And I don't go out of, like, out of the gate to just be, like, yelling this across the street. Like, I yeah. have it on shirts, and I wear it proudly. <laughs> I went to an event in Chicago with uh, Travis Block and Golub. Yeah. yeah. And the theme was, and I'm, I'm going to use one of them, was fuck it. <laughs> and it was around supporting cancer. Like, that is amazing. Like, her, like, her power word was F. F it. I, I, I want yeah. to save that one. I need to keep that one in my pocket. But it was really, really cool to see yeah. the community. Like there was three hundred and something people in this place supporting her in that mm-hmm. theme and mm-hmm. and getting support for cancer all around that. And just twelve hours ago, I got yelled at through LinkedIn about how it's unprofessional for me to do that. I also mm. had that same person tell somebody else that it's unprofessional to have tattoo sleeves. I've also had that person come out and say it's unprofessional to have somebody on the team that wants to wear pink shoes. Mm-hmm. Like that to me is like, what? This is, it's 2022 and there's so much expression that we can have in such a positive way. So like mm-hmm. support it, like mm-hmm. grow it, thrive it. If I see you and I like your look and I like your vibe, I'm going to shout you from the mountaintops. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you, no, I don't like that vibe. I'm just going to just not say anything to you. Mm-hmm. Have you uh, watched the Nick Cage documentary on, on curse, curse words? Yeah. Uh-huh. I haven't oh, seen I it. I haven't seen it yet, but I heard it was pretty good. And, it's, it's, and a lot of it points to everything he's talking about, yeah. which is like, People need to calm down. Stop looking at it as all negative. Like when yeah. somebody uses a curse word, there's a lot of Gary different v. reasons. And yeah, like Gary, Gary V. loves the F word. Yeah, and like yeah. there's there's I can't remember who also said it, but he said that the F word is a, a great equalizer. Mm-hmm. You either are going to be comfortable with it, and you'll be comfortable with me, or you're not going to be comfortable <laughs> with it, and you won't be comfortable with me. If you're willing to accept it because I use it in a positive way, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. awesome. We're going to be the best of friends. Yeah. yeah. If you get like ugh, like no, yeah. I'm just going to disconnect from you and not like yeah. have you in my life. I am, I am 33 years old. I've been in therapy for eight years. And after those eight years, I realized that there's people that I do not need to waste energy on. Yeah. And the negativity piece is the biggest component. Like, yeah. I, it just is so toxic. Yeah. It's good to come to that realization sooner in your life than, than oh, later. Yeah. So Especially with a kid on the way. Like you just, yeah. It's just not... Well, I, I can tell you the home. name of this podcast is going to be Trevor Effing Park. Thank uh, you. So I hope yes. you're comfortable with that. Oh, totally. Throw the asterisks in there just in case it doesn't get allowed on Spotify, and we'll, we'll make that happen. No doubt. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Trevor. It's really good to catch up with you. I really Glad to see what you you're doing after, would you say, 92 days? 92 days, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Good yeah. for you. And yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see if I make it to 93 with the four F-bombs I dropped yeah. on this one. No <laughs> doubt. Well, we'll right, see man. you again, I'm sure, next year. Yes, I mean, sir. before that, but oh, look, forward yeah. to, look forward to it. I didn't you want know, to forget. 12 months later. How can people best get in touch with you or Red Dynamics? Uh, LinkedIn's awesome for me. Um, feel free to message me. I, I try and keep a zero inbox, so I respond to it in a couple, couple days minimum. And then uh, it's Trevor period park at rent dynamics if you're interested in the sales product go to rentdynamics.com reach out to our sales team we have an amazing sales team here um they're all on linkedin they're all through email whatever you want to do go to sales at rentdynamics.com 
great opportunity for us just to connect. And uh, if you're at NAA, if this launches before the last day, swing by Doubtful, the booth, 3405. You guys can try. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not, we can try. <laughs> if not, we'll be at OpTech. Yeah. We'll be at OpTech Strong, and then we'll be at NAA 2023 in Atlanta. Yeah, cool. That's awesome. All right, cool. thanks, man. Thanks, guys.